Good morning, everyone. It's an honor to be here with you today. It's been a little while since I've had opportunity to share with the Harlem ministry from the Word of God, and I'm looking forward to it today. I understand that uh, James has had some surgery and, uh, and asked me to come and fill in for him today. Uh, and so I will repeat uh, what uh, was said. I think one of the brothers said, and I think Charles said a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks ago, if you don't like the message today, just remember I'm not the regular preacher. <laughs> There's another guy who comes along who will be here prayerfully next week. Uh, you've been studying out of uh, the, uh, the spiritual disciplines, uh, talking about the Word of God coming out of Colossians 3, verse 16, which says, Let the Word of, of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to the Lord. But the whole emphasis of that scripture is to let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So today we're going to be talking about Benefits of the Word of, of God. Benefits of the Word of the Lord. And we're going to be coming out of Psalm 19. Psalm 19. And so we've got a lot to cover, and prayerfully uh, your heart will be moved and touched to draw closer to God uh, through His Word, to meditate on the Scriptures, and to allow them to transform you from the inside out. Let's pray together as we get started. Our God and Father in heaven, thank you for your powerful word. Uh, Father, we know that it is the sword of the Spirit and that it is given to us by your grace to help us to know you better, to have you speak to us and to have us listen and obey and allow the word to be the bread of life in our lives and to, to help us to give you glory. I pray today that we can walk out with a deeper uh, conviction of making the word our standard and living by it every day. And God, we pray that you would be with us, strengthen us, that we could be the people you created us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm 19 is what we're going to be looking at. And that's, Psalm 19 is actually one of my uh, favorite scriptures. Not 119, but Psalm 19. 19 is, is uh, very much shorter than 119. Uh, but... He starts off Psalm 19 giving uh, glory to God. He says, the heavens declare uh, the glory of God. The heavens declare the, the praises of God. And, and he, he goes on and talks about how we need to uh, lift up God and be praising God through all the creation that is around us. Uh, and, and then he, uh, later on in this chapter, uh, goes on into... Uh, talking about the Word of God, because obviously the Word of God also gives glory and praise to God. But he tells us that the heavens declare the, the, the praises of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they, dis they declare knowledge. I mean, he, he, he kind of paints this great picture for us of how all around us, gives honor and glory to our great and awesome God. And then he drops down to verse 7. And this is where we're going to talk about the benefits of the Word of God. And in Psalm uh, 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect. 
The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So I want to talk about six benefits of the word of God that we can glean from this particular passage of scripture. And I want you to take these to heart and apply them to your your daily life. Now, my challenge to you as we get started is, are you reading your Bible every day? Now, I know that we know that we should do that. But oftentimes, so many things get in the way. And of course, the devil does not want us to read the word every day. Uh, He does not want the word to be planted in our hearts because he knows it will transform us and, and draw us closer to God and and keep us out of his, his entrapment. But how are you doing with that as we get started? Uh, it's not enough to, to merely come to church and hear the word. You've got to apply it to your daily life. And my, my, my question to us as we get started today is, are you doing that? As you talk about this spiritual discipline, are you disciplining yourself to make sure that the Word of God is a priority in your life every day. That I will not neglect God's Word. That it will be a priority in my life every day. And this is not so that uh, you can be a great Christian. This is so that you can just make it as a Christian. You need the Word to survive spiritually. Or you'll just be a church attender And you'll have the outward appearance of a Christian, but not making the internal growth or the changes inside that are so vital and so essential to us continuing to grow in the Lord and for our lives to give glory to him. So are you with me there as we get started? That you need to get serious about the word of God. And hasn't that been what this month has been all about? As us getting serious about the word of God. And so he says, number one, in in Psalm 19... He says that the law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. It revives the soul. Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. God's word is perfect. You can't improve on it. It doesn't need to be edited. It's perfect. It is the law of God. He has preserved it for us that we can know his heart and his mind and his will. It is a treasure. It is a miracle. It is a blessing. 
And it is one of the few things in this world that you can say is perfect. And it is perfect because God is perfect. We can trust in God's word completely. With no reservation. With no hesitation. You know, I was reading a book this past week on marriage. And because I, I spoke at a marriage retreat up in Hudson Valley, for the Hudson Valley region. And the author was looking at marriage basically from a secular perspective. He didn't use scripture and, and didn't talk about the church or Jesus or anything like that. And in my mind, this book had obvious flaws. Now, the principles on marriage were good, but it was not perfect. It was far from perfect. As a matter of fact, as you read it, you had to make sure that you made the proper application to your life. And it was, it's a book that probably could throw uh, some young Christians off course. And yet it just made me just so thankful that when I read the Bible, I don't have to sit there and wonder... Can, can I embrace all of this or not? Or do I need to be careful uh, as to what degree I obey this command or not? Because what God has given us is the way to live through the scriptures. And this, this, his, his word is perfect. And he goes on, he says, it revives the soul. There are times in your spiritual life when you hit a wall. There are times... When we don't want to give our best or we are tempted to give into our sinful nature, to be selfish, to be lazy, to be irritable, to be irritable, to be unloving, to sit on the back row and say, look, I'm coming late and leaving early. Don't bother me today. There are times when it's difficult to be a good wife or to be a good husband and you're just not feeling it. As a disciple. And this is when you need to go where? You need to go where? To the Word of God. And you need to let God speak to you. Because this is how you get past those dark moments in your life and those temptations to rebel. Let God's Word speak to you. Meditate on it. And then put it into practice. And it will revive your soul. Jeremiah goes on to say, he says, is not my word, God in speaking to Jeremiah, says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock to pieces. When you're losing or lacking in that spiritual fervor, in that zeal you need to have for Almighty God, the sword of the Spirit, can reignite your spiritual fervor. The Word of God can help you break through those walls, break through those barriers. It can help you to get unstuck. But you've got to set your heart and mind on it daily. And it will revive your soul. Now you look at some disciples and you're just wondering, what's missing? The joy's not there. The zeal's not there. The fervor's not there. And I can guarantee you the meditation and dedication and obedience to the Word of God is not there either. Because God's Word is like a fire. 
and it will set you on fire if you will take time to let it touch your heart and fill your mind. Secondly, he says it makes wise the simple. Psalm 19 verse 7 says that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. You know, God's word gives us insight and wisdom that makes us appear to be smarter than we really are. Because it's not our wisdom or our our insight or our intellect, but it's God. You know, quoting Proverbs can make you appear more intelligent than you really are. You know, one of the brothers in, in his sermon was talking about, I think it was Ed, his favorite scripture, Psalm, I mean, Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You know, if you quote that on the job, someone's going to go, Wow! What a neat poem! What great insight! And you're like, Yeah, yeah. That is good, isn't it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Yeah, I wrote that myself. I came up with that. No, you did not. That, those, are, those are the insights of God. And as we feed on the Scripture and we memorize the Scripture and if we quote the Scripture and we live by the Scripture, it makes, us, it, it makes simple people, because a lot of us, we, we, we did stupid things in the world, But now we have this great knowledge from God, and it makes wise the simple. It takes you to another level in your your life. In Psalm 119, verse 99, the psalmist writes, I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. The Word of God makes you wiser and smarter in life. Why? Because in it you have the mind of God. And God is smarter than any of us. And if you want to be a person of wisdom, of insight, you need to meditate and obey the word of God. I mean, you, you can come across more impressive than you, than you ever would be if you didn't have the word of God. It just makes you a better person. It makes you a stronger individual. It makes you a better human being uh, because it is the, the heart and the mind of the Lord God Almighty. And it fills you with wisdom and it fills you with insight and it gives you guidance and direction you could never have just reading other books. And so this is an, another benefit of God's Word. He goes on and says, not only... Does, does the, is, is the word of God, does, not only does it revive the soul, not only do uh, the statutes of the Lord, not only do they, they, they give us wisdom, but he goes on and says the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. It gives joy to the heart. You know, the, the precepts of the Lord, when you obey them, they fill you with joy. You know, one of the greatest joys in life is knowing you're living right. 
knowing that you're living right and that you're fulfilling the purpose for which you were created. I believe every disciple should have joy in their lives. Even when you're going through dark times. Because you understand why you're on this planet. And you're fulfilling God's purpose for your life. I believe the disciples of Jesus are to be and should be the happiest and most joyful people on earth. Because we have the answers as to what life is supposed to be all about. Have you lost your joy? Or is the joy of the Lord still your strength? We should no longer be searching for fulfillment through physical and material things because we know that doesn't work. And we know that the true answers to life, the true answers to contentment, And fulfillment are in the Word of God. It's in obeying the Word of God. It's in applying the Word of God to your life. And I think people should see that inner joy that's in us because it it just exudes out of us outwardly. Because we have something that nobody can take away from us. The joy of our salvation. The joy of knowing that when I go to bed at night that I'm right with God. And if this is my last night, that's fine. Because what awaits me is greater than anything I have in this life. The joy of knowing that God is pleased with the priorities that I have in my life and how I'm conducting my life. And the fact that I'm denying myself for his glory and that I'm saying yes to the things I need to say yes to. To exalt him. To know that this is what it means to be a good husband. And this is what it means to be a good wife. And this is what it means to be a a, a single who gives glory to God. I understand what I'm put on the face of this planet for. And so I have a joy that no one can take away from me. Because I'm living a life that pleases God. And where did I learn that? The precepts of the Lord. I know are right, they're right every single time. And it gives joy to my heart. Are you joyful this morning? I didn't ask you if you have everything you ever want. I didn't ask you what your bank account was. I'm asking you, are you joyful as a Christian? some of us, we look a little tired sometimes. We look like we're baptizing vinegar instead of baptizing water. Where's the joy? Where, where's the, 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 the enthusiasm that comes from knowing I'm saved? I'm redeemed. I'm living right. And God is happy with me. Where's that joy? That's the joy we had when we first came to the Lord. When we got baptized into Christ and and, and we felt so clean and, and, and so new. Well, it should be that way every day because as long as you're walking in the light, he continues to wash away all your sins just like it was on the first day you got baptized. And so that joy should be evident in our lives. 
And we shouldn't come in here with a, with a frown on our face or down and out because we have what so many other people are looking for. He goes on and says that it gives light to the eyes. He says the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. God's word is radiant. It is filled with truth. It shines. It glows. It's powerful. And it gives light to the eyes. God's word opens your eyes to see things that you never saw before. It does. People who don't know the Bible are blind to insights that those who know the word have. You know, sometimes I I see people trying to, to fix things. They're trying to fix their marriage. And because I know the word of God, I see things that they don't see. I know scriptures that they don't know as to how you deal with conflict. I know what Proverbs 15 says, that a harsh word stirs up anger but a gentle answer turns away wrath. I know I can apply that to my marriage. That if your spouse gets angry and gets all emotional, you continue to answer with a a gentle word. And it begins to make things dissipate. Because if they keep going up and you keep going down, they can't stay up there by themselves. Eventually they got to come back down to you. But if they get loud and you get louder and then they get louder, then we're going to have to call the cops to come help you all out. But reading the Bible is like putting on new glasses. And now you see things that you never saw before. You know, there's an old movie came out, I think, in 1988. It's called They Live. Some of you remember that movie, They Live, and... And, and this guy, he found these, these sunglasses, and when he put them on, he saw what no one else saw. He saw all the aliens that were over, taking over the world. Well, that's what the Bible is. When you pick up the Bible and you start reading it, you put on new glasses and you see things. Whoa! First of all, you see yourself. And that ain't such a good picture. You go, oh, my goodness. I'm a sinner. I'm condemned. Well, help me out. And sometimes people don't want to see it. So they close the Bible and think it's not true. But then you open it, then you see it again. And then you see other people the way they really are. And they're, and they're kind of making excuses. And you see, oh, I see. That's pride. What? That's exactly what it is. I see it. Didn't see it before. And you see your children in ways you never saw them before. Because now you have this great wisdom and insight that you never had before. You know, even as you go to school and you're on campus, you see things that other people don't see. You see that the outward appearance is not enough to give you true joy and fulfillment. That that will soon fade. That won't last forever. But if you want to build a real relationship, you've got to build it on the foundation of God's Word. You see things and praise God that he opens our eyes because a lot of us, we were, we were once blind, right? We were once blind, but now we can say what? Now I see. I see clearly. 
what my priorities in life should be. I see clearly things I never saw before. My parents didn't even see. They didn't know. But now I see. And there is a language and a culture that disciples have that other people don't have. We speak a different code. We do. We go to events and we, we see things going on and we look at each other and we go, mm. Wow. Did you see that? I saw that. And that's why sometimes when you go home, your, your family, they don't even know what you're talking about. Because you're speaking a different code. It's kingdom code that we all understand. Because it comes from this new language that we've all learned that's called the Word of God. We speak the same language. He goes on, he says... He throws this in. He says uh, that the command, well, let me look, look at this next scripture. Not only does it give light to the eyes, but in Psalm 119, verse 30, it says, The unfolding of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. When you unfold that Bible, it's like opening a door to new light, to new insight. The unfolding of your word gives light. Are you unfolding that word every day so that you can stay out of the darkness and walk in the light? And then in Psalm 19, verse 9, he says, The ordinance of the Lord is sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey than honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. And so he's telling us that the ordinance of the Lord are sure. Do you know what you have in the Word of God? Do you know how precious the Word of God is? You should value the Word of God. What the early believers would give to have access to the Word is we do. They didn't walk around with the NIV tucked under their arm or on their iPad or on their iPhone or Android. They didn't have that. And here we have it, access, and we're not going to read it. We're not going to put it in our hearts. They will look at us today and say, what is wrong with you? Oh, if only we had a digital copy. Of all 66 books of the Bible. Right at our fingertip. How dare you take that for granted? How dare you neglect that? When it's the answer to life. When Jesus died so that you could have this freedom. To know him and to know his word. The Ethiopian traveled from Ethiopia to, to Jerusalem just to hear the word of God. People traveled and stayed all day to sit at the feet of Jesus just to hear the word of God. Speak to us, Lord. And then some of us, we have a Bible and it collects dust. Or we read it and we can't even remember what we read or where we were. 
Because we're reading, but we're not meditating on it. And we've got the truth. Truth that sets us free. We've got answers to eternity. God's provided that for us. Read it. Obey it. Don't neglect it. The the English Standard Version translates Psalm 19.9. It says, the rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And to have the truth, what a blessing. To be able to share that with other people. To be able to sit down with somebody and say, I can show you how to get to heaven right now. What a blessing. There's so many people who cannot do that. And here we are, we're blessed to be able to do that. With anybody, we can say, if you want to know God, I can show you. Just turn over here and look at this. Is that not a blessing from God? Whereas so many years we went to church and we didn't know what we were believing or why we were believing or what in the heck was going on. And if someone asked us, tell us how you got saved, we wouldn't even know what to do. Except say, I love the Lord. I got the Holy Ghost. But you couldn't find your way past Genesis. I know myself, I knew two Bibles, uh, two books in the Bible, Genesis and Revelation, and nothing in between. I thought the, the, the epistles were wives of the apostles. That's how lost I was. I thought the book of Job was a book on employment, the book of Job. So, but let's wrap this up. He goes on, he says, number five, it warns us. It warns us. He says, by them, in Psalm 19, verse 11, says, by them is your servant warned. And keeping them, there's great reward. The word of God warns us, church. It warns us as to what to avoid and what to stay away, away from. And I'm telling you, we need to hear the warnings. We need to heed the warnings. This kind of stuff is no longer being talked about in church today because we're trying too hard, doggone it, to be diplomatic and make everybody feel good. I would have never become a Christian if people were trying to make me feel good. They opened the Bible, and the Bible made me feel what I needed to feel, and that was convicted. And let me share with you one of the scriptures that changed my life. Galatians 5, verse 19. Galatians 5, verse 19 says, The acts of the sinful nature are what, church? Obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. And what does he say next? I warn you. Praise God for this scripture. How many of our souls have been saved because of this scripture? I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. When I first read this, I went, wait a minute. What you talking about? What is sexual immorality? 
explain that. And that's having a sexual relationship with anybody you're not married to. Oh, I'm serious. Are you serious? That's in the Bible. You doggone right. And, and that's the way it was in the first century, and that's the way it is in the 21st century. We will not change the Word of God to fit you. You must change you to fit the Word of God. That's our commitment. And I thank God that he's warned us so there won't be any surprises on the day of judgment. What are warnings for? They're to protect you. They're to help you. That's why there are warnings on products that you buy. That's why there's warning on a Clorox bottle. Do not intake. Do not drink this. It will kill you. Do you look at the warning and go, I don't care what they say. I'm going to do what I want to do. You lost your mind? God warns us for our own good. Am I right, church? Are we praising God for the warnings today? I'm thankful this is in here. Man, I needed to hear this because it woke me up to the fact that I was living in sin and I needed to change. And that God loved me enough to not gloss it over. And I tell you what, we're doing too much glossing over today. We're trying to make people feel saved when they're not saved. Trying to make people feel like they're close and right with God. Well, I don't want to offend you, I, but, but as far as I can understand, you might need to clean up your act a little bit. That's not what I was told. I, knew you, I was told you need to repent. You need to make a 180 degree turn and get this stuff out of your life because you cannot go to heaven living like this. Is that right? Praise God for his word. Praise God for his warnings because he loves us so much that he speaks the truth in love. And he tells us what we need to do. And I'm here to tell you, even if you've been baptized, if you're living this way, you will not go to heaven. You will not make it. But if you repent, if you change, God will eagerly embrace you. The word of God, it warns us. And let me warn you today, coming to church is not enough to get to heaven. You still got to obey what Jesus said in Luke 14. If anyone comes to me and does not give up everything he has, he cannot be my disciple. I don't even have time to get into all that. But it's still in there. And we need to live by it. And then finally, he says, it rewards us. It rewards us. You know, sometimes you wonder, as you're persevering in your Christian walk, is it worth it? Can I hang in there? Can I keep doing this? Because, let's face it. It's not just a smooth progression in the Christian life. Am I right? Don't, don't you wish it was every day? It's like you're taking another step up toward heaven. No, sometimes it, it dips. Goes like this. Goes like that. And you just got to hang in there. And, and so when people count the cost with you, they just tried to tell you as much as they could. But if they would have told you everything you were going to go through, you, you, you would have just gone... Are you kidding me? 
I don't know. I mean, because some of us, we've gone through some hard stuff. I mean, anybody here gone through some detours in the Christian life? I mean, you know, face some obstacles you never knew were, were there. People that, that you thought loved you didn't love you. People that you trusted you just deserted you or abandoned you. You know, leaders who you thought were all that weren't all that. Not, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the mother guys. And you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and situations that have occurred and are still occurring and, and whatever. And then you find out that, man, there's sinners in the church. What's going on here? But what you've got to hold on to is like, like he says, he tells us the ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They're more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, than honey to the taste. By them your servant is warned. And keeping them, there is great reward. Keep them. Hold on to them. Meditate on them. Obey them. Do not compromise with them. For it leads to great reward. Both in this life and in the life to come. Can you help me this morning, church? Is it worth it living the Christian life? Is it worth it going through the trials? Is it worth it? persevering and when we get to heaven are we going to look back and say oh I missed out on something no we're all going to say praise God for his great reward I want to close out when James 1 verse 22 James tells us do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man or the woman who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out, decade in and decade out, not forgetting what he or she has heard, but doing it, he or she will be blessed in what they do. It's worth it. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord, they are right, they are perfect. The ordinance of the Lord, the commands of the Lord, it's all good and right. It, it changes us. Let's read it. Let's meditate on it. Let's continue to make it our standard of living. And may God continue to bless us, not just reward in this life, but with the eternal reward of the servant who did not compromise but continue to obey. God bless you. God strengthen you.